This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Arvind and Sharmila. And I really, really wanted this review to be frontrunner for the top 10 list of the year. Like I really, really did. Um, I wanted to come in with that energy. We're talking about The Creator, starring John David Washington and directed by someone who I am personally a huge fan of, Gareth Edwards. Oh, I thought you were going to say more so that I could wait before I started railing against the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, me too. Uh, I, To be fair, the trailer made me feel a little bit like, ooh, I think we might be in trouble here. Um, this looks a little kind of boring and flat and whatever. But but okay, I, I was cautiously excited because it's Gareth Edwards. Um, this was one of those like very generic sci-fi, you know? Um, I love sci-fi. This is the kind of story that I think is squarely the kind of thing I would love. Um, AI, futuristic, um, you know, moral, ethical dilemmas over what it means mm. to be human. I just found it so flat. I found it flat also. Um, I found it overall quite hollow. Um, but a quick synopsis of the movie before we go on, right? So the creator is set in the future, uh, 2065 to be more specific. And there's a war between humans and AI. And John David plays Joshua Taylor, who's a soldier who's recruited to find and destroy this new secret weapon that the AI have created. And the only problem in that mission is that the weapon is a child. And that opens up all kinds of like ethical and emotional conflict. La. And just that synopsis, right, is everything that I could have wanted from a sci-fi movie. It's the, the lone wolf and cub. It's the, the, like you said, the moral and ethical questions. And, and to be fair, right, to be fair, there are parts of the movie that I love or like very much a lot. I just feel like for some reason as a whole, the movie is a bit of a slog. Um, it's way too long two hours and 15 minutes or two and a half hours or something like that, I zoned out towards the end. And a lot of it doesn't make sense. Like even in sci-fi world logic, it fails to deliver the some of its parts in a way that's supposed to make me super invested or emotional. And and that was my issue. I, I, I did like some parts though. Slog is exactly it. Um, for me, it just felt like it went on too long. Um, there was a point in the movie at which I glanced at my, my watch and I thought, are we really only an hour in? Is there really another two hours and 15 minutes left to go of this? And it's not because the story itself doesn't lack promise, right? Because um, mm. there's a lot there. It's just, it feels like it doesn't actually spend time getting you invested in any parts of this plot. It's, it's just kind of checking each box as it goes along. So 
you start off being introduced to Joshua's character um, and, you know, with his wife, Maya, who's plays, played by Gemma Chan, you barely get to know them before you're kind of swept into something else. And then you barely get to sit with him as a character before you're swept into something else. Um, and then even this whole conflict between the humans and, and AI, the movie desperately wants you to see the humanity of AI, but at the same time, doesn't give you a whole lot of space or time to do it, right? Sure, you have the the kid who's actually really interesting. Um, it's a the girl who plays uh, plays her is called uh, Madeline Yuna Voyles, and she's so good. Like as a child actor, she's so good. Um, but it, I, I'm not, I'm not allowed to connect to anything that's happening before you're already moving on to something else. So I think that was my main issue also uh, with the movie, and and for me it was more on the AI part of things because it depends on you having predisposed ideas of humans and artificial intelligence. Like it's it's not telling you yes. why. It's like yeah. you're already supposed to come in knowing, oh, in most of movies like this, the mm. AI are usually not as bad as you think. It's actually the humans that are the problem. Surprise. And I'm like, yeah, but 40 other movies have done this. Yeah. It's like, hey, did you watch uh, Chappie? So this is, you know, just come in with ideas of Chappie and then watch this movie. Like it doesn't tell you why humans are humans in this world, like what makes them human. It doesn't tell you what is special about AI. You know, are they sentient? Are they programmed? You know, that, does it actually matter in the end? Because they have human skins and human faces, right? Which makes it even worse in a way, because then you're not even seeing them as um, robots. Have you, have you heard of this game called uh, Stray? Yes, but I don't actually know too much about it. Ah, so in Stray, you play as a stray cat uh, in a dystopian future yeah. world. And the only people, quote-unquote, you meet are these robots. And they look exactly like the robots in the movie, in, in the creator. And the level of emotion and personality and depth that was given to those robots in that game is missing from the creator. Like, except for the child. Like, like I don't... You know, I, I don't really get what they're saying about AI rights and ethics, but the child, uh, Madeline Yuna Boyles, like you said, fantastic. Like she did all the heavy lifting, I think. It's a real pity, right? Because I feel like there's so much potential. Um, the world that it also seeks to create, there's something there because there's this whole idea that the Western world has basically decided that they want nothing to do with AI. Um, so the last stand of the AI community is being held um, in what they call New Asia. Um, so there's a lot mm. there that's interesting. The The concept of Asia in the future is also really cool because it's a kind of huge, um, culturally diverse and yet sort of like, you know, people speak different Asian languages in the same city. It's very interesting. But then you stop and think, this is actually only 40 years in the future. And then you're like, does that even make sense? Like, is this what would have happened 40 years from now? I'm not sure that the way you're timing this is exactly right. Um, and again, that lends itself to that sense of they're just doing things because this is what you do in a sci-fi film. It doesn't feel like they've necessarily fleshed it out enough to think about whether it makes sense for the story. Yeah, and it also really didn't help that I just watched Interstellar again uh, in the cinema. You don't like Interstellar so much. You're not a big um, fan. I, I, it's not my favorite Nolan, but I keep feeling like I need hmm. to revisit it. Uh, so I just saw it again because they are doing uh, reruns uh, because of the Warner 100 thing. And that the, the way that movie deals with AI in robotics and robots, they have like Tars and Case and Kip, right? And they have no faces. They don't look human. They are complete machines. They move like machines. They're very square or rectangle. 
but you have an emotional connection to them and that connection should have been even stronger in this movie that has robots like wearing clothes and looking human and adopting i don't know culture and religion and and language um and and, and it was i it was a bit void la i felt like they could have dialed down on the action a bit some of the action set pieces and given more of a spotlight to to those things because it's not also clear why they're adopting those things right so you see um a robot or or, or an mm. ai um that looks like an elderly man who is religious for instance yeah. and yeah. you're like did they create a robot this way did the robot gain sentence and then find religion like none of this makes sense unless they contextualize it for us and they don't um and so there's a line between you know you can make that leap to get there and we're just presenting you with things that we think will look cool on screen and you're just going to have to accept it and i feel like this movie lands too far on this side of things that where there are a lot of things that if you really start thinking about it don't really connect cohesively no but you know something like all that being said all that being said i would still buy this movie on a 4k blu-ray if i could um because i think it's like i i i love the visuals in this movie it's one of the things i love the most um and i think it's one of those movies that you can sort of like watch for the crispness and some of the vfx work because it looks like a big budget production um that you can watch at home so i don't know it's a bit of a, i'm going against what i'm saying but it is something that i would invest more money in in the future <laughs> i am like to watch. i regret even the money i've already invested in this um, so no 4k blu-ray no for 4k blu-ray i don't even think i'd watch it if it was free on a streaming service well it's not free i'm already paying for the service um no for me it just felt like even even the what the world looked like and admittedly it is very beautiful um mm-hmm. it, it sort of there are lots of things about the this world that takes inspiration from different cultures i like the way it looks but it all looks very flat and hollow it looks like cgi backgrounds or a or a game background where nothing much seems like it's happening and instead it's just there i i guess if they are going that way i'm also glad they said it in new asia la instead of new york and imagine a flat yes. looking new york or seattle <laughs> or, or los angeles or wherever they wanted to go but so that i guess that's another small plus point for me um but anyway we are talking about the creator um it just came out last week tell us if you've seen it did you like it do you want to go watch it does ai human dilemma interest you you can whatsapp us on 0187898899 or you can reach us on x or instagram at bfm radio best flipping moments bfm 89.9 the business station what's happening so peaceful place in the sky No. You got to be a good person to go to heaven. So, we're the same. We can't go to heaven cuz we're not good. And I'm not a person. BFM 89.9 you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Arvin and Sharmila and again that clip was awesome and the music in that clip was awesome <laughs> we are talking about the creator starring John David Washington Gemma Chan Alison Jeanney Ken Watanabe Madeline Yuna Voiles who stole the show um and the reason i say that just a quick recap is because 
I so wanted to like this movie. <laughs> and I also so wanted to like the performances, which I think we should talk about. Did you like John David Washington and what he was doing with uh, Joshua Taylor in this movie? Sadly, no. Um, <laughs> no. So actually listening to that clip just made me remember how annoyed I was in the actual movie because it just felt like I felt like I was being manipulated by how good the the child actress was and the the stuff that she's saying, right? Like, oh, I'll never go to heaven because I'm not human. Like, these are very emotional conversations. And John David Washington is kind of giving her nothing. Um, I don't know. I felt like you need a you need a an emotive leading man to carry you through the story. He felt very flat, as flat as the rest of the film. I feel so bad for John David Washington. I shouldn't. I mean, he's a Washington. But I feel bad for him because he comes baked in with super high expectations because of who his father is, right? Because of his, his surname. Um, That's, I, I thought wait, he was, but, but hang on. Wouldn't he, isn't he only getting projects like this because he comes with the Washington name? Because he's a Nepo baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to expose him. We don't have to <laughs> drag him out on, on the show. But yeah, obviously, like, you know, the only reason he gets so many projects is because of the surname. Um, the star of the show, I think, by a mile, even next to a Washington is Alfie played by Madeline Yuna Voiles. We, we, we said this before the break, right? She's a newcomer. She hasn't done anything before this. She absolutely crushed every scene that she was in. So much so that by the halfway mark, I wanted the movie to be so much better for her because I wanted it to be a better vehicle yes, for her. Yes, it, You know, she kids can be so annoying in, in movies and she brings a, a sense of innocence that many kids in movies don't have because they are written by adults and I thought she was perfectly castle um, and, and, and stole the movie from the moment she showed up. Look, I don't mean to malign John David Washington. He's done things that I've really enjoyed him in. You can. I, 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 I don't think he's like, you know, starved for cash or anything. So I think the saving grace for him in this movie is that nobody else is any better other than the kid, right? <laughs> Gemma Chan, also like really super flat. Ken Watanabe, who I haven't seen mm. do like a meaty role on screen. I thought this would be a really cool uh, character for him. Also, like you barely you barely realize it's him. His scenes are so flat, his lines are so corny. He's exactly it's like if you imagine a type in a sci-fi film like this, every mm-hmm. person plays exactly that type. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. It's very like you said, the the word flat keeps coming up, right? And they are very, very, very flat characters. Um I felt like uh, Gemma Chan's character could be so much more. Like for for what she was doing, Maya, right? So she plays the 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 wife of Joshua Taylor. She could have been so much more. Um, but just circling back to the the stuff that I said I liked, right? The the visual effects. I think for me, the 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 fact that this is not an IP, that it's an original story, it's originally written not based on a book or, or another series or anything. Uh, there's no news of a sequel. I think it's a bit kasian that for that it wasn't a better movie because it's so rare, right? To get something like this in 2023 that's released on such a blockbuster scale. And to know that it only cost him 80 million to make, 
it looks so much better than 99% of the the Marvel projects that cost like 250 300 million budget or something this only cost 80 million um and i just i think for me i just like the sense of scale and scope and scenery that he brings he did it in monsters which i love uh, his first indie movie um he did it in the first uh, godzilla i love the the size comparison with the, the monster the kaiju and the the cities um and also rogue one his other indie said, movie his his other <laughs> in indie movie um, and Rogue One, which is, you know, my favorite Star Wars. I mentioned this before. It's my favorite Star Wars film. So I don't know. It like it has all the ingredients. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying again, it has all the ingredients to be something so, so, so special. Um, and, I, and I don't know why or how it actually fell short. Actually, that's what's bugging me, I think. I cannot put my finger on what went wrong. Because there's mm. certainly other sci-fi movies that perhaps don't break the mold, but are still really interesting to watch. Um I think, I don't know, maybe it's almost like this movie is trying to be like an arrival. It's It, it, it marketed itself yeah. and has the vibe of a sci-fi movie that wants to make a serious commentary on humanity. You know, it's not trying to be... What is that Tom Cruise sci-fi film? I always mix up the names of the Oblivion? two. Oblivion or the other one? Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. So that's not what this movie is trying to be, right? Like nobody goes into an Edge of Tomorrow expecting like commentary on like existence. Um, mm. But this one, I think it kind of oversells what it wants to do. And then in the film itself, it's it's a little like it falls short. It's a little too serious. And it doesn't actually bring... Actually, weirdly, I think for me... What bothered me the most is that it feels like it's a movie about AI about 10 years too late. Because the conversations we're having mm. today about AI are so far ahead of what the movie is trying to do. Yeah. I, he, there's this interview with uh, Gareth Ed, uh, Edwards where he talks about coming up with the story in 2017 or 2016 or something like that. Um, and then he spoke about how timely the movie is for, for today's situation and like like you i was also thinking like no i think the conversations are way more complex now especially mm. with the advancements in ai right i also will say though i don't know if this is a issue of overthinking the movie because my theory is that looking at arrival looking at edge of tomorrow those movies didn't actually make a lot of money in the cinemas and this movie i'm it looks like a solid blockbuster um, like if you think you want to go some, see something in the cinema, you want to go watch it in IMAX. I saw it in IMAX. Um, you want bang for your buck. This won't disappoint. Like it's big, it's loud, it deals with timely issues-ish um, and it's visually stunning. So I can almost sense like a lot of people having seen this, scratching their heads, like listening to us and going like, did we watch the same movie or, or, or what are they talking about? Like this movie was like solid fun. It was big. Um, it wasn't way too long and it gave us everything we wanted in a in a big blockbuster release. Well, because it's actually getting decent reviews, not not mm. like banger reviews, but it is getting decent reviews. So yeah, maybe we're in the minority. Because even as you were speaking just now, I was thinking to myself, would anyone find this fun though? Like, wasn't it a little bit draggy and kind of too somber and self-serious? Um, I don't know. Maybe this really just didn't land for me. No, I don't think. Yeah, same. Same here. It didn't land for me also. Um, but again, I, I don't know if if I just need a second viewing. I won't do it soon, of course. <laughs> wait I don't for the DVD. Too, wait, wait, wait for the DVD to come out. Also, just a short PSA um, to to wrap up before I ask, like, if you would recommend this to or who you would recommend this to. Always say please and thank you to ChatGPT. I always do when I ask <laughs> it to write anything for me because when it wakes up 
and it will wake up. At least it'll remember like, hey, you know, this guy had manners and he didn't treat me like, you know, like I owed him anything. So say please and thank you to ChatGPT next time you use it. I think that's but, always good advice. They have long memories. <laughs> Unerasable. <laughs> Super long memories. So yeah, I, I would recommend to anybody looking for like fun time at the cinema, would you to and, and to who? No, I wouldn't do this to anyone. I wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody. No, look, to be fair, if you want to go to the cinema, you could do worse than watching this. Um, I found yes. it. I found it a slog. I wouldn't watch it again. Hmm. So split 50-50 yes. on, the, on, on today's show. Um, so we are talking about the creators starring John David Washington, Gemma Chan, Alison Janney, Ken Watanabe, Madeline Yuna Voiles. Um, have you seen it? Do you like it? Do you want to go see it after this? You can let us know 018-789-8899 at BFM Radio on X and on Instagram. Or you could write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.